0: Ahoy! Ahoy! <laughs> Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And we're saying ahoy because that's where we're going yes. next May. It has been announced where next year's Eurovision Sun Contest will take place and it's going to be at the Ahoy um, Arena in Rotterdam.
1: That's not going to get old, is it?
0: So, no. <laughs> well, ahoy! I mean, it's kind of sort of it conjures up the image of sailors to me. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get to sample some salty semen while we're there? Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the aim. Uh, yes, we are off to Rotterdam next May. It's finally being announced. Uh, Eurovision's worst kept secret, really. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected it to be anywhere else. But we can start planning now because they're planning ahead. And of course, we know that by then. We will also have heard not only next year's Eurovision entrance, but we will also know the sample from which we will pluck our twenty twenty second cherries. Yeah. Oh god,
1: yeah. Yeah. The whole season next year is taking on a whole different flavour for us now because we really have to pay attention to everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite busy, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh yeah, no, yeah, so Rotterdam looking forward to that. And obviously, we've passed the September the 1st deadline now, so officially, we're in season.
0: <laughs> when are you ever not in season? Oh, well, You're always on the rut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Eurovision season is open. I mean, you know, last year's isn't closed yet because Second Cherry isn't all plucked mm. and uh, we haven't had our live event yet, but once we've had that, the that will be the official end to the 2019 season. We're calling I'm, it. Yeah, I'm calling it the official <laughs> end. There is the, uh, the Eurovision Equinox, um, which is the midpoint between one contest and the next. And that's around a few days after um, our live event. I think it's sometime around the 11th of November. Oh, right. um, Rob Holly has uh, um, identified that. Yeah. And I think maybe with the help of Ellie, on um, on on Twitter, so they've identified that point at which so <laughs> the season officially becomes the next. But bugger that! I'm having the end of your season officially yeah. in second cherry and starting the next season. And of course, we'll have Albania within about two days of that because they're they're always first about Yeah, cherry.
1: I like the equinox idea. Do we all? Want- hmm. Go to Stonehenge and get naked and dance around in midnight or something like that.
0: Well, there's been talk of going to the Hems, the Dutch pub, oh. so I'm just getting pissed. <laughs> I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> so yes, there we are. There's our next year's news already. Um, but back to this year so we had Finland last week and of course we had our special guest you yeah uh, it was great to have him on he gave us some really really interesting insight that we just never would have known no um, and it was really pronunciation nice. <laughs> a proper <laughs>
1: hello in a proper language yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> so we didn't have to bugger it all up um so it's really great we're hoping to have uh, another member of the team on very soon um, as a guest for you as well I think it really added to the um, the the richness of the episode. And we've had some really nice feedback from people as well. So thank you very much for that. So we're back this week with another episode to bring you. And this time we're looking at, well, it's one of the big five. Mm. We're looking at Italy. Italy. Yes. So the Italian um, competition to select Eurovision. Well, actually, the Italian competition, Sanremo, is really the forebear of the modern Eurovision. Yeah. Um, it was the inspiration for the contest. the Rainbow is a competition that's been running for unreleased songs, um, so new songs, just like Eurovision. And it's been running since 1951, and it was the inspiration in the 50s for putting on a song contest of similar magnitude, but on a European wide level, and obviously part of the reason that they wanted to do that at the time was to show off all the sort of the, the twiggly bits of their new technology that they had <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, show how they could broadcast simultaneously to lots of countries and link up by the, the newfangled satellite systems. And so San Remo was the inspiration for that, taking uh, a, competi- a set of competing songs um, and um, putting them together as a TV show. So San Remo is... Well, it, it's an acquired taste, I think, for some people.
1: It's 101% Italian. Totally.
0: <laughs> I'd say even, maybe even more. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you, I mean, how long have you been watching San Remo?
1: I haven't really, because I don't have the six months in my calendar to sit down and watch it <laughs> that you need to allocate to San Remo, because it goes on for so long. But um, I, I almost watched it this year just gone but Mm. just just got caught up in other national finals i'm going to make an effort next year Mm. because it it is something which as everyone tells me if you put in the time you are rewarded it's a great show i mean it is it's really italian it's a display of italian culture yeah i i i think it's high time i sat down and really give it a proper go
0: Mm. Yeah. You you say about putting the time in, and really you absolutely do need to put the time in. So Sam Raymer runs for five nights, and each show is not short. Um, It's a long show each night, um, four or five hours, and there's lots of... There is much more. You're absolutely right. It is, a, it is very Italian, very Italian culture, because it's not just about presenting the songs. They also have comedy routines they have little sort of talking interludes they have special guests coming on some performing some just to to chitter-chatter so it's almost kind of like a variety show Mm. in some ways with these songs sort of slotted in between
1: because San Remo it's a theatre isn't it and it's a prop everyone gets dressed up black tie type it's a real kind of Eurovision of old really in terms Mm -hmm. of the way audience
0: sort of engage with it Absolutely, it's got that kind of classiness to mm. it, and it's in the uh, the Ariston Theatre in San Remo, which is actually not a huge venue, but they make it look enormous. Do, on yeah. I think it's kind of a little bit like the Tardis. I think once you get inside, it just feels much bigger um, on the inside than it really should. But it's um, you know it is that that classy element, that old fashioned element to it. Still, you have got the orchestra. Still, yes, and you know, I would never make a pitch for the orchestra to come back to Eurovision because I think it's just too much work. But when you hear the orchestra in San Remo, there are some songs which are inevitably enhanced yeah. by that. And actually, when Norway had a special edition of the melody Grand Prix a couple of years ago they brought the orchestra back and some of the acts used it and you could tell it really worked on some of them some I think they put the orchestra in when they didn't need it mm-hmm. um, and their backing track would have been better but it, there were some songs that are just so enhanced by having that live backing and of course you've got the orchestra at your disposal to do Gestures a little bit like Francesco Gabani used for the Allais yeah. in Occidentalis Karma, which we all uh, do in absolutely. the Euro Club now. But when it was at Eurovision, with only having six people on stage, one of whom was him, another of whom was a gorilla, yeah. you only had four people to do the alleys. And yes, the crowd knew what to do, but then the camera catched it. When it was on. Um, the Sanremo, it just had this like really fresh feel, and the whole orchestra, you know, the the violin bows going up yeah. in the air, it had a real impact. So you know, you have got that that extra, you know, a way to get around the six people on stage rule mm. with an orchestra. But yeah, I do, I totally understand. It's a it's a thing of the past at Eurovision, and. Um, you know, the cost implication and the time, you know, all that rehearsing live just would be impossible yeah. to bring back, I think. But, um, yeah, San Remo still has it. And it's one of the things that makes the event stand out a little bit, I think. Mm. It, for me, it's it's strange. I, I find I take a bit of time to get to know a song. So I often find if I'm watching the first night of San Remo, hearing the songs for the first time, I find it a bit of a drag. And I actually find that I only really start to appreciate some of the songs after I've heard them several times. Now, if I've had um, time in the week to do that, I may have been able to watch some of the other shows. But often it's later in the year, things like reviewing it for Second Cherry that I really start to appreciate some of the songs again and actually this year a spotify playlist has been really helpful Mm. to get to listen to some of the songs but uh, i find it a bit difficult because you're hearing them for the first time there's not even like snippets of them that we hear in uh, melody festival and uh, where you can hear them before the night it is like the the first time so for me it kind of it, it suffers a little bit for that because i would like to get to know a song before i see it performed like that, but of course, I guess for Eurovision, that's probably how most people are going yeah. to sing the songs, isn't it? We mentioned, of course, as well that um, Italy has special guests performing. Now, sometimes these perform duets with the artists, and that happened this year on the third, the fourth night um, of the festival. They they team up with other artists to do duets, but they also have international artists who come and perform. And for me, as a as an enormous Kate Bush fan. One of the joys, um, was realizing that she performed two songs in Sanremo, uh, in t- a- in nineteen seventy nine. Now she wasn't a competitor; she wasn't competing in the song contest, but she was just using this because it's a platform mm. for you know artists to break into the Italian market, and it's very much a platform for um the uh, the artists that are there, and they have an established artists catchment people who are you know already established as musicians in their own right, but they also have this Giovanni. As well. uh, category, which is for young, upcoming stars. And that's been particularly lucrative for them in recent years in terms of who they've sent to Eurovision. Yeah, Francesca um, Gabani did. Francesca yeah. Gabani won the Giovanni two years earlier, and Mahmoud was in the uh, Giovanni as well. So it's a way that new artists can also break in and find an equal footing really among some of the, the more established artists. Um, so this year we had, as I mentioned, five nights of that. We had 24 songs. Sometimes songs get eliminated in the heats during the week and there's fewer songs in the final. But this year, all 24 started on the Tuesday and all 24 ended up in the final. Because the we wanted Samuel mode to be
1: so much longer. So, wow. <laughs>
0: so we got 24 songs, then 12 performed on the second night, 12 again on the third night. Then we had the guests duet then we had all 24 performing again in the final and four years later we had a result (laughs) (laughs) we're going to talk about that as we go on so Italy's got quite a rich history they're one of the big five at Eurovision and obviously when the big four rule came in Italy weren't actually taking part they were having one of their Um, hissy fits, (laughs) as only the Italians can do. And they'd sat out for um, a number of years, actually. 98 to 2010, they didn't compete. So, when they came back, they were automatically nominated as one of the Big Five. So, they're one of the ones who get to the final automatically without having to compete. And actually, I think they're the third biggest contributor to the EBU. So, you can see why the case is for them to have uh, been given that special status.
1: And also, you know, some of their songs, you know, As a UK fan, you know, I think, God, we're getting a free pass through to the final. But Italy, actually, they send some songs which ultimately, would you think, you know, they would qualify anyway, really?
0: They've had some class. They They really have. Um, They've had two winners. Uh, They had a winner back in 1964, Giulio Le Cinquetti, um, with Nono Letà, I'm Not Old Enough For You To Love Me. Just a bit sort of pedophilic um, now. <laughs> Skirt over that. Old, not how sure how sure old she was when she sang it, but it was a very innocent song. It's a, it's a song I absolutely adore. It's one of my favourite, favourite Eurovision songs. It's such a beautiful um, uh, winner. That, of course, was one of the years that we don't have the full footage of the contest for. Um, and it's one of the ones that... the, 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 that the Lost footage. in the fire. Lost in lost in the ether somewhere because the Danes didn't remember to who were hosting that year didn't remember to uh, record it. And no bugger else did either. <laughs> Somebody probably taped over it with Doctor Who or yeah. something. Um, and uh, the, their second winner was in uh, Insieme 1992. I don't know what that is in Italian. 1992, something like that. I'm not really sure. I do not speak Italian. Bless you. Um, <laughs> but that was uh, Toto Coutinho. And both of those winners had the accolade well, I think they probably thought it was an accolade at the time they gave it to them, um, of coming back and presenting the show in 1991 after Toto had won in 1990 with a song called 1992. <laughs> That's not confusing enough. No. Confusion ran amok on the night. <laughs> if you've not seen 1991, particularly the voting segment, well... Let's just say, maybe it wasn't the wisest choice to give two people who are performers, but not necessarily with live television experience, a primetime job. Broadcasting to several hundred million uh, TV viewers because they made a right dog's breakfast of it, um, they resulting they, in the,
1: like at one point like shouting up to the, um, the scrutiny. Yeah, like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mr. There, Mr. There, getting the points so off. It's just an absolute shambles. And Toto is like talking over everybody, oh, no, and man. he's like, you know, he's repeating everything in Italian in very, you know, over exaggerated Italian at that. It's just, it's an absolute mess. So yeah, let that be a lesson to you. We've not been back to Italy since, maybe for a reason. It'd be Mm. interesting to see how they fared with uh, the stricter EBU rules on timekeeping and uh, delivering a show. So we were talking about the rich history of Italy. So let's have a look back at some of their best entries. One of the most famous songs ever to come from Eurovision,
1: we mentioned is, it before, didn't we? We mentioned
0: it before. Is an Italian song way back from 1958. Yes. Can you remember what it is this song? Bellare. Bellare by Domenico Mugugno. Um, I can't remember where it came, actually. And um, oh, I can't be bothered to look it up. But it was, it didn't win. Um, I think it might have come third or something Yeah, like I can say, so I'm
1: going to check while you're talking. about <laughs> I think, wasn't, um, did America got hold of this. It was a huge yeah. worldwide hit. It did not need Eurovision.
0: Yes, it's had a life in pizza restaurants the world over since nineteen (laughs) fifty eight. (laughs) Frankie and Benny, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah, a huge hit. Um, Domenico Junior was actually a three-time participant. He was in in nineteen fifty nine as well as nineteen sixty six. I think uh, where he came last and didn't come back after that. The early years of Italy, a lot of them, a lot of the entrants were selected through the San Remo competition. But as we moved into the 70s and 80s, it became less common uh, for the winning song to be the Eurovision entry. In some years, the winning artist went to Eurovision with a different song, but sometimes it was just an internal selection. And one of my favorite songs from Eurovision was the 1984 entry, Tre Liditos by Alice and Franco Battiato. I just adore that song. Do you remember that one? Or is that no. before your time?
1: Before my time, and <laughs> Italian songs don't... It's not really my flavour, oh, I have really? to say. Because it's very specific, I think, Italian songs.
0: It is very specific. Especially
1: in modern day. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a country that just... It's another one that passes me by a bit. It's not one I really delve into.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Because for me, it's one of, like... I think my favourite countries in terms of what they've said. Yeah. Um, and I'd also love to get to Italy for Eurovision because you know two oh, weeks of Pizza. It would be so good. Oh, be
1: fantastic. Just checking by Villari, yeah, it won obviously San Remo that mm-hmm. year and uh, came third.
0: Third at Eurovision. Great. So back to the um the history. Gente de mare, also in the eighties, Umberto Tozzi and Raff. Again, an, an amazing song, it was a big hit as well. I just absolutely adore that Italian um, entry. And a couple of years after that, a song called Avrevoluto by Anna Oxa um, and Fausto Reale. Um and some of these artists were big name artists. Mm. I mean, that Italy has. They it would set. be, wouldn't they? Big, big artist. And actually, one of the, the biggest um, and well known in Italy was Mia Martini, who participated twice, uh, the late Mia Martini. Um, she came fourth in 1992 with Rhapsodia with the raspiest voice. I mean, the Italians do tend to have those gravelly voices, you know, really feel something yeah. you know, like, you know, 20 capstan, um, <laughs> you know, every hour. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's something very, very Italian about that. She was also in, in the 70s uh, with uh, Libera. Um, but Rhapsodier is like the, the one. And I think my favourite Italian song of all time was the last one that they had before they came back and after that hiatus. So it was uh, by Jelis in 1997, Fiumi di Parole. Um, and this came forth and I just think, oh my God, this is an absolutely amazing song. And it was so sad to see Italy step back after we'd had that, Amazing, amazing song. You just felt like you know. Don't take this away from us. I mean, they actually had a couple of years off before that as well since ninety three. So they came back sort of you know unexpectedly with that, and then took the rest of the all off. But oh my god, yeah. If you don't know Fumi di Parole, let's put a link to it in the show notes yeah. because people should know that song. It's absolutely gorgeous.
1: Do you know? You talking like that reminds me of Bulgaria. How you go for you go for it, or you do really well. And then you have to stop for whatever reason, you know, for different reasons for Bulgaria, but I have to stop and you just think oh, it's so depressing when <laughs> you think you were that close to winning, that close and then you
0: Absolutely
1: had to step away.
0: Yeah. And um you know, a number of countries have taken a break. We mentioned Denmark taking a break. Mm. I mean, you know, maybe the quality of the songs wasn't so lost. Um, <laughs> but it was a shame to, you know, to have a, a bit of a hiatus there. But Italy came back. Um, there was talk about coming back in the late 2000s. And, and the EBU were sort of throwing you know, platitudes around. Like, you know, the doors are always open for Italy. We'd really welcome them back. You know, I mean, they'd bring a big audience in as well course, as you yeah. know, the money into the competition as well. So no wonder they wanted them back. But Dotto Coutinho, the winner um, in nineteen ninety himself, was sort of, you know, um, saying, Oh, I think it's probably about time we came back. And um, I found out on the internet as well that Rafaela Cara, who is one of the presenters of Sabre Monet, she apparently had Dima Bilan on her show after he'd won, and people were interpreting that as a kind of sort of a, a message to, you know, let's get back into this, yeah. um, Italy, that, you know, we don't know what we're missing. So it was it was rumoured that they might link um, their comeback to X Factor um, rather than Sanremo, but that didn't happen because they came back in 2011 with um, Raffaele Gaulazzi, who'd won the Giovanni competition that year, and they came second. A really unexpected second place, I think, given the start of that song. It was the guy at the piano. Yeah, the jazzy... So the jazzy number. Yeah.
1: What I suppose in from UK ears would be something along the lines of Jamie Cullen.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Very <laughs> sort much of that sort of
1: very way. modern day jazzy, just didn't like zero Fs given. Just, mm-hmm. I'm at the piano, I'm going to sing you my song. Yeah, really. I mean... Now
0: you say Jamie Cullen, I actually... Can not understand why that did so well. Yeah. Because I was just not on my radar at all. I was like, you know, we've waited all this bloody time right. for Italy to come back and they're coming back with this. Um, but second place, Um, while we were in, where were we that year? We were in Dusseldorf that year. Eleven. So, yeah, yeah, 11th place. Um, yeah, 2011, 2011 second place. Absolutely incredible. But they've done really well since they came back. They've had two second places. Yeah. Mahmoud this year and Rafael Galazzi. They've also had a third place with Iobolo, um in 2015, and we'll be mentioning volo again. And then they've had a, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, a ninth. So they had lots of top ten finishes. I mean, you know, they've had a really, really good track record since they came back. So just feel like they're knocking on the door mm. of that um, next victory. We're going to get to, to go to, well, wherever they they decide to hold it.
1: But even that, if it's 16th place in 2017, even though you think, oh, 16th place, um, Francesca Michelin, No Degree of Separation, that is a brilliant song. It's gorgeous. All the fans love that. That's, that's, a, that's a, one of the fan favorites. And so even with that 16th place, if you look down the list, you have got, since 2015, great songs. Top six, apart from that top 16, great songs. Mm. A lot of points on the board. Absolutely. Just keep an eye on them, really. I, 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 now we've said that, that's really struck a chord in me. Thinking we need to keep an eye on these guys.
0: Absolutely. Milano. Yeah. yeah. twenty. We've been we've been talking to Eddie in the delegation, uh, you know, and kind of going, well, you know, you've got to gear up, and <laughs> yeah. you've got to get this, um, you've got to get this this show on the road. Whether you're going to win sooner or later, and they do come so close. I mean, I think everybody, you know, the hype around Francesco Gabani in twenty uh, seventeen. You know, everybody thought that... Well, not everybody. There's, you know, people like Nicky Tear will remind you that he said it was crap and it wasn't going to (laughs) win. But there's lots of us that did think he was going to walk it. And I I mean, for me, this is... When I mentioned earlier about kind of you get to know the songs at a later date, I mean, that song I loved from the the start. But what I discovered at a later date was Francesco Gabbani's album with that song on. And it's absolutely brilliant mm. so there's it's really i think sam Remo is a real launch pad for exploring more by the artists that take part and because it's got that seriousness of a song competition because it's not just a kind of a, a flippant you know, choosing a song for Eurovision, like the UK might perceive. Yeah, and it's not—it's not an
1: entertainment show. I mean, it is an entertainment show, but the the musical element of Sanremo is music. Yes, the focus is music. It's yeah. not. Oh, look at this. There's no real joke acts. You don't get those novelty.
0: You do from time to time, but they're they're few and far between. Yeah, and they don't tend to fare particularly well. Certainly, they they wouldn't be elevated to the level of being a winner. Yeah, you know, the Italians uh are a bit more serious about this, and this is big business. These are like you know, this is the launch for new singles. It's a launch for new albums. Mm. So it's um, you know, it does have that very different cultural aspect to um some of the other um, national finals.
1: And another thing I wanted to say about summer Mo is that there has been some brilliant, in typical Italian way, brilliant scandals down the years. Like I urge you to listen to. I won't go into it now, but. Friend of the Parish, Euphoria podcast, they've got uh, an episode which was not too long ago actually, if you look at series four, episode 51 it is, Scandalo Italiano, Um, listen to them, um, Isabel and Roland, they're just, they just tell this story, all the different scandals that have happened at San Remo and there's been some incredible stuff, you just think so, incredibly Italian scandals, go back, listen to that, it's really great. I'll put a link in the show notes to that.
0: So let's have a look at some of the songs that were in this year's Sanremo and effectively made up this year's Eurovision National Final for Italy. First up, I just want to give a mention to an mm-hmm. artist called Anna Tatangelo. Now, we're not going to play the song because we've got quite a bit to bring you tonight, but she was in this year with a song called Nostra Anima di Norte, and I just want to mention her because she was our second cherry entrant mm. in 2011 with a song that was rather be called Bastardo. Ooh. Yes. Bastard. A, bastard, yeah. It's bastard. A rock, oh, it's a rock bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, she, I mean, she's a, a brilliant artist. She's yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, but I, I want to mention her and another artist as we go through as just an example of how, like, you know, the Italians, you know, don't give a flying fuck, really. Um, you know, there's no sentimentality about an artist who's been there before um, and how well they may have done. Because Bastardo was a big song in San Rainbow that year. She comes back this year with a perfectly passable song. And she comes 22nd. Yeah. You know, there's just like, you know, no messing about it. Yeah. No, yeah. don't like that. Your but song I'm, is
1: planned by... Yeah.
0: Bye. yeah. Absolutely. So it's a bit of a shame for Anna, one of our stars of Second Cherry uh, of yesteryear, uh, that she did so badly. Moving on to, I think this was the favourite going into the competition. It's song um, by Ultimo called "I Due Particolari."
1: Oh, Se metti in tasca delle nuove parole potrei dirti che siamo soltanto pagagli, facciamo in ordine risparci. Se so metterti in tasca delle nuove parole potrei scrivere per te nuove canzoni d'amore e cantartele So i I quite liked this. I did think it was a little; it needed to get going for me. It was very well received in the arena. I think in the second cherry kids, um, it was lots of emotion. wasn't one of my favourite though. I have to say, but it's very strong, very Italian, very strong song for a national final song.
0: Yeah, it was Ultimo was on the piano, um, and it, it kind of it was a building song for me. It was the, the one that again. I kind of really appreciated much more after Sanremo. Um, I was a bit surprised it came second um, in the end. It came. They have a, 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 set, a, a super final. Three songs went through to the super final. Um, and this came second overall. Mm. And I was a bit surprised that it did that well. But now I look back and I absolutely love it. Now I'm more familiar with the song. So, Ultimo there, cracking song, but only finished second, but in the running, to be our second cherry tonight. Now, I mentioned one of the other artists, and not, we're not going to play this song as well. Another artist who was unceremoniously drummed, uh, dumped <laughs> was Neck. Um, Neck had a song called Mi, Fa, Mi Faro Trovare Pronto, and he was the second place in 2015 with a brilliant song called Fatto Avanti Amore. And he's got pedigree in San Remo, you know, having had kind a of brogue through in the 90s. Mm. So him coming back in 2015 was a big thing. Um, so after his second place four years ago, comes back this year and uh, yeah, the Italians go 19th place for you. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> so again, just this, you know, it really counts for Jack, your, your yeah. name. Uh, when it comes to Sam but because there's so many big calibre artists there. It's so funny, many, isn't it? You know, some really good songs of new artists coming through.
1: He gave me a moment, though. I did look at him and think, ah, oh, that's kind of... And then I was over the moment.
0: <laughs> he's, you know, he's he's worth... Some, the, a moment. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> the moment. Living the moment. The next song is an absolute treat <sighs> Now, if yeah. you haven't seen this and you don't know the artist really you've got to have a look at it because there's just something absolutely special about this. It is Cosa ti aspetta da me by Loredana Berti. Cosa ti aspetta? she just epitomises Italy and Italian women this is just amazing if you if you haven't seen it but you if you're gonna watch she's a she's got bright blue hair she's a a statuesque woman of a certain age and she's got the raspiest voice I mean she's growling out this song
1: and zero fucks given there is absolute like um, scaffolding on her face, like she does not care. She's had work done, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. like doesn't give a fuck. Like yeah. she's
0: just... she's that kind of like you know she's a typical. But, but I love that the way the Italians do this—they celebrate their, you know, their established artists. Um, you know, I'm not saying that because of her age. She, you know, she's she's as old as she is. That's you know you can't do anything about your age. But she's still got a career. She's still very cherished, you know, by the Italians. But um, that's
1: a current song. The song is 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 current. Yeah, it's
0: a brilliant song.
1: Yeah, it's, it's um it's a very current song. And I, I think would we have that in the UK? Would we give some of our older artists songs like that? I don't think so. They wouldn't so, get a platform, and no. that kind of song
0: wouldn't get a platform. But it's so it's so Italian, it's just it it's like stereotypically San Remo in yeah. a way. And she's got um, one
1: level. I mean she just it's just it's boom. In your face, yeah, straight away. I absolutely, just love
0: it. What people don't know, a couple of facts about Laura Bertè, which might surprise people. The first is that she was the sister, or oh, she is the sister of the late Mia Martini, who we mentioned earlier on, who'd been in Italy a couple of times. But also, she was the wife of Bjorn Borg, the tennis <laughs> player. <laughs> and, wow. Yeah, I mean, she was. You know, she. She's quite a looker in a day. I mean, I'm not saying she's not a looker now, but she's, you know, she's a different calibre of artist now. So I think a lot of people might be surprised um, at, um, you know, the the relationship she's had, but she's um, she's a stalwart of the Italian yeah. scene. And, you know, one thing I loved about this is that, you know, she's the Italians in this San Remo in particular absolutely got behind her. They love this song. So she came forth um, and when they were counting down the result, yeah. they basically started with last place and announced where people were right down to the top three. And of course, the top three went to the super final and she was the last one called out in fourth place that didn't make the super final. And the audience went Ballistic. Yeah. The booing and the hissing. They were not having the it. the thumbs down <laughs> gestures coming from the audience. I mean, they were absolutely not having the fact that she was not going to be in the Super Final. And you just... There was a sense of like, you know, the craziness of Loredana Bette could have been the Italian Eurovision entrant. Mm. I mean, that would have been something special at Eurovision. Mahmoud was something totally special oh, of course but Laura Danaberte at, at Eurovision for those people who followed San Remo for years I mean that would have just been astonishingly good that would have been
1: the first interview I would have wanted to do in Tel Aviv I totally, tell you.
0: totally. <laughs> so moving on um, the next song is an act we've also mentioned earlier tonight it's Il Volo with Musica Chiaresta <sweak> Il the the 2015 entrance, who came third then, and they came third again. Well, they came first in San Remo there. came third in Eurovision. They came third in San Remo, they were one of the super finalists. Did they
1: win the televote at
0: Eurovision though? Oh, that's a good question. Let's pause while we have a look <laughs> for that.
1: okay so we're back <laughs> so we just we just checked that out um do you like our lift music um yeah so yeah it was yeah they won the telly vote in 2015 but it wasn't mm. enough to pull them over the line no. to win because they came sixth in the jury vote mm-hmm. shame because that song well briefly skew that song was brilliant I loved it it was powerful it got my juices flowing every which way you read that that's, that's what happened um <laughs> <laughs> they gave the looks to camera they're just, you up now yeah I tell <laughs> you um, But no brilliant And they, they're, they're nice guys they're great guys I'm you know I mean, they can sing bloody hell
0: and they've had you know they've got a big career outside of San Bravo oh, yeah. and Eurovision I mean they're really now established artists I your went at the time on Grande Amore was not my kind of song I didn't particularly like it. I'm not a big fan of poppera, you know, and that kind of sort of, you know, bringing classical style into pop music. I'm not a huge fan of it generally. But this song this year, I don't know if it was like the comfort and familiarity of knowing them uh, as artists just felt great. I absolutely love the song that they brought to San Remo this year. For me, it's better than the song they took to Eurovision.
1: Yeah, Jody says that as well, we're at our listening party, he said the same thing, it's better. I don't think it's better, but it's very them, and I was just so glad that it did well, actually.
0: Mm. I um, was on their tour bus in 2015. Of course you were. Right. got to go into the welcome party um, as part of their delegation. Um, so I'm very, very thankful for, for that, we had a really amazing time that year. So uh,
1: and uh, one of them, I forget his name, but he's my favourite meme. It's the meme where he's looking into camera with his microphone, and there's this caption at the bottom that says "stares" in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous.
0: Uh, so Il Volo there. Um, next we just want to mention this song because it's such an amazingly established artist. Um, it's a a song which was a duet between Briga and Patti Bravo. Uh, un poco come la vita. Let's have a quick. Basta va The reason I wanted to highlight this is because of the caliber of the artist that Patti Pravo is. You know, she's not necessarily going to be known to everybody, but she's had a singing career. Her singing career goes back to nineteen sixty six, and apparently she's the third best-selling artist ever from Italy. Yeah, she is. Ten top, uh, no, fourteen top ten albums, fourteen top ten singles. You know, and just. What an incredible career. Absolute this, queen.
1: There's no fuck about. That is totally, huge. Totally. Yeah.
0: And I think she's one of those artists that had popularity and then kinda of waned and now she's sort of, you know, she's cherished again in the way that, you know, the more mature artist is. Yeah. And the longevity is is recognised.
1: For the sake of our UK listeners, I'm trying to think who the equivalent would be in the UK, someone who
0: Well, the longevity of somebody maybe like Petula Clark. Yeah. You know, but I think or Shirley Bassi or something like that. I mean, not as kind of showbiz as Shirley Bassey, but if that kind of, you know, Level. your career having lasted that long, you know, and still mm. being considered to be at the top of your game as well. I just really love this. I mean, it's a complete classy Italian ballad. um, And it was just so nice to see her. She had like, I mean, she looked amazing. I mean, she's obviously had a bit of... um. Facial enhancement.
1: Yeah. Italian women will, will refuse to grow old. Yeah, they just They, they will, will not, will not have it tough. Well, will not grow old.
0: And I, I mean, I quite like that. Yeah. you know, let's um, Fuck you it. know, let's let's let people be who they want to be mm-hmm. at any age.
1: I mean, shout out to her stylist though. All that all that aside, she looked incredible. She
0: looked great. She, she,
1: she looked is. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So Patty Pravo there with her duet. Um, next song we want to mention is uh the song by Irama. Uh, la ragazza con il cuore dilatta e non lo senti che
1: Yeah, this grew on me. Mm. Um, Interesting, you know, if I sat through Sanremo, would I be absolutely roughing at the mouth right now saying we need to vote for Uramo? Because every time I listen to this, it gets better and better. Um, It's a bit wordy, as is the way with a lot of Italian songs. And he's half rapping, half singing, so that it's Mm going to be wordy. But um, you get the gist of what's going on. It's one of those, what we said before about Eurovision songs that we love, where You don't understand the language, you don't understand what's actually, unless you go back and Google it, but you don't understand what's being said, but you do understand the story being told through some kind of weird osmosis of, I don't know, you just understand what the performance, and I got that from him. Mm -hmm. There's a tenderness to this but also really a real sort of animalistic strength as well it's
0: a really it's got levels to it this song I really really liked it that's really interesting I, th- I mean I kind of get a similar thing it, when I first saw it um, as a performance on stage, He's wearing this kind of sort of like quite gaudy jacket and he's got these sort of drop earrings. Um, And I was kind of like, "Mm, I'm not really sure about this." And the rapping. But the rapping moves into kind of a a really melodic song. Yeah. Um, And I think for me, it's not just the performance. When you see the video, the music video to accompany this, you kind of really get the story. It's so powerful. It's really powerful. You get that um, he's telling the story of... A girl who's been abused by mm. her father and the impact it's had on her but then when she finds sort of you know true love and tenderness which happens to be with him in the story you know then you know how that kind of opens her emotions up and you know allows her to properly love and then you know the title is you know the girl with the tin heart mm. so it's got that kind of sort of you know that that essence of you know somebody's love's being kind of caged or shut down or trapped in and now it's being allowed to, to flourish. Mm. Just gorgeous. I mean, this is a real contemporary Italian song. And, you know, I just... I, I, I mean, for me, this is probably the standout song of San Remo this year. And an artist I really, really want to go and explore more of. Yeah, And I hope that we see him back in San Remo. Only finished seventh mm. in the voting. So... You know, again, there's that thing, you know, the Italians liked this, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, among their favourites, you know, where something maybe less obvious, like L'Ordan Abete's song, they really took to their hearts. So, you know, it's that, that kind of unpredictability for the Italian audience.
1: But also, you know, when you judge a competition as 24 songs, as we know at Eurovision, the grand final was roughly that long. Mm-hmm. And great really, nowadays, the top 10 maybe top 12 are great songs. Mm -hmm. Like if you come 12th in the grand final at Eurovision, you know your song's good. Mm -hmm. You've done really, really well. But so I suppose coming where he did at San Remo is a similar thing. So he might be disappointed by that, but that's that's a strong song with a very strong place Mm -hmm. in a sea of other songs.
0: Yeah, really great song. And one more to mention before we go to our reveal of the second cherry. I just want to mention a song called Rolls-Royce uh, by an artist called Achille Lauro. Um, now, this I'm mentioning this because of the contrast with some of the songs that we've mentioned earlier on. Um, a really interesting artist, he was there with a tattooed face, um, <laughs> but he was basically just screaming, Rolls-Royce, Rolls-Royce. And uh, let's just have a quick blast of this because it's fucking terrible. That song came ninth in San Remo. What? Absolutely. (laughs) Rubbish like that came ninth. And we've got, you know, we mentioned there artists like Neck, Anna Tatangelo with pedigrees in this competition coming way down the pack. And that song came ninth. I mean, Italy, what the fuck? What are you doing? (laughs) What What are you doing, girl? Yeah. (laughs) Go home, you're drunk. (laughs) You're okay, (laughs) man. So there you go. We've got a selection there of the um, the, the, the songs from the San Rainbow. Which one of those is being given a second Cherry chance?
1: So this came down to two songs. It came down to Irama and Il Volo. And... There was discussion. Actually, we went round a couple of times, if I remember rightly, in the viewing party. Just we just really were conflicted with this. We've said before in second Cherry that there isn't any rules. There's no some. We've given second chance to people who've already had their chance. We've given people second who who need the second chance. So that there, there is no there's no real right way of looking at this. And on the day, what did we go for Monty? What was the who was the artist? What was the song?
0: Well, it was really close actually, and um. I think it was that there was that discussion between. The, the class and sheer smoothness of Il Volo and that real contemporary sound that um, Irama was bringing. But we went for Il Volo. He did. Il Volo have won the opportunity to have a second chance. At Second Cherry, now this is you know it was it could so have been Arama. Yeah, you know I mean you really want to stress that I mean if um you know if, if a rama was a song that you weren't Arama's song is a song you weren't aware of and you're discovering it through the podcast then brilliant you know that is an amazing outcome for us um because it was just it was head and shoulders above most of the pack um but there was just something about Il volo, you know it just felt right. It's, you know, an artist that we know, it's coming back, somebody who, you know, perhaps deserved the win at Eurovision in mm, 2015 and didn't win They get won the it. televote vote. That that people's doesn't... champion, mm. the Kano of its time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the one that we've given a second chance to. So there we go. So we are nearing the end. There's not that many more to go. We're not still. We're still not sure how many there are going to be. We'll be
1: cards on the table. We have two countries that we're going to bring to you that we definite on, and then the the rest. Three. Some no three.
0: Three. That yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry, three countries, mm-hmm. but we're not sure about the rest. We're still discussing. Um, so we'll we'll let you know. But uh, but You'll find out over the next few weeks whether
0: you've got three more episodes
1: or more. And if you're (laughs) listening, because we know that you listen from lots of different countries, thank you for listening, Uh, there's a few countries that come up high on our listeners list. There's a lot of people that download um, from different countries, and so... We'll see whether we can get your country on or not. We don't know. We're we're thinking about we're thinking about that. Yeah, unfortunately,
0: but, Burkina Faso isn't
1: in. Yeah, Burkina, sorry. So. <laughs> Reunion. Um, you have to have more listens. Um, so yeah. So we'll we'll let you know how the vote as well is going to open. Well, I probably should get on that, shouldn't I actually? But uh, um, how we're going to open the vote? That'll be good. Mm-hmm. We'll announce that across our socials, which are on Twitter. We're at Second Cherry. On Instagram, we're second underscore cherry. And on Facebook, we are Second Cherry
0: Podcast. And the email address. Oh. Now, can I, Max, Max will be listening to this and I know how much Max loves it. Okay, we so we've got to deliver this. this. Got to deliver it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> At secondcherry.vision. And of course, the website is secondcherry.vision. As well, catch up with all the songs that we've chosen and all of the episodes. If you're just coming to us later in the season, uh, you can listen to them all again there, or you can of course you know use your podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or you know all
1: manner of fancy things like that yeah and also th- give us a, a like and subscribe I don't know what the, what the kids say today but no do on especially on the Apple iTunes yes. oh well, it's not iTunes anymore it's Apple, Apple Podcast. Podcasts yeah uh, yeah do do give us a review because it really helps we've got five star at the moment so nobody yeah. ruin that only only do it if you're going to give us five star page. yeah <laughs> thank you please yeah uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so um, yeah, that'd be great to mm-hmm. see that. And um, we would be flogging tickets to our live show, but we're sold out. But again, we'll come back to you on that. That mm-hmm. may be Keep more an eye on the socials, yeah. just
0: in case there is the opportunity for some uh, last-minute tickets for that.
1: So with that then, we better say goodbye.
0: Yeah, and um, sorry to those of you who want to know what we're listening to next week. We haven't quite decided what order the next countries are going to come in yet. But we will get back to you. We'll let you know on social media or drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.